You're listening to the Live Church Livonia podcast, a show where you can hear the teachings from our weekend gatherings. You can catch the full service on our Facebook or YouTube and head over to our website if you'd like to give. Here we're real people following a real God and experiencing real life. Welcome to Life Church Livonia. Good morning, Life Church Livonia. How are you doing this morning? I am, if you don't know, I'm Josh, one of the pastors at Life Church Southfield. I've had the opportunity to um, spend some time with you a few times this year. I'm excited about the series you're in. If you don't know, if you're a guest, first of all, let me just say we are so happy you're with us today. Make sure you drop in the chats that you're with us just so, so we can give you some digital up. We're in this series called A New Way to Be Human. And it sounds crazy. Like it sounds like a comic book, like you're gonna get a shot and become some kind of mutant or something, right? Like I'm just gonna be new. Um, but no, not necessarily. And what we're really dealing with is the fact that we have seen the ugly side of humanity in a way that we usually don't see it. It's there, but it's usually under the carpet. And in the last two years, at least in our country, we have seen some just ugly. Ugly. And if you're honest, you've seen some ugly in you. Um, you know, I'm talking about how we deal with politics, how we deal with race, how we deal with gender, how we deal with um, even how we have dealt with this pandemic is ugly. But if I'm being real honest with you, I've been disappointed with myself. I've seen some ugly. My wife would raise her hand right now and say, hallelujah, amen to that. Because I've been short at times. You know, I've had an attitude. I, I just, I, there's been times when I've looked at myself and been like, that's ugly. That's ugly. And so what we're dealing with in this series of a new way to be human is clearly the old way of being a human is ugly. We've been able to mask it, put lipstick on it, put a nice suit on it. And, um, but these last two years, we have not been able to do that and we got to see the ugliness. And so um, we are all dissatisfied. In fact, look at these um, stats with me. I looked at all these numbers across the world. So let me say this, these are American, these are actual statistics for America, but almost every country I looked at these stats for were high. They, they were, they were kind of like ours. So that means across the world, people are feeling like this, okay? Look at this one um, right here, politics. People um, are feeling, 45% of the people just hate our politics. Another 38% of them uh, mostly don't like it. We hate our politics. We hate the way things are set up. Um, how about this, our economy? 65% of the people in the economy says the economy has not been working for them and almost have never worked for them. So forget about who the politician is and in, in your, um, your mayor, your governor, your president. Most people say it's never worked for me. How about this education? 55% of the people say they just don't think the educational system is up to snuff or, or doing what it, or educating their kid in a way that will help them be successful in life. Um, our values, moral values, 47% um, of the people feel like um, we are losing our American values. What's interesting about that is depending on who you are, you have a different set of American values, by the way. That one was interesting to me because I'm like, you know, if I talk to somebody um, on this side of my family, on my dad's side of the family, or mom's side of the family, the, the values will be told. Some of them will match, but they'll be real different too. They have different understandings of American values. Um, how about this one? 50% or more just 
downright unhappy. Have, have you seen that? People just unhappy that no matter what happens, they can't be satisfied. They're just very disgruntled. See, that's because um, all of us somewhere deep inside know there has to be a better way of living. We know deep inside that there has to be something so much better. And that's what this series is about. A new way to be human. Here's what's even crazier about this. Um, we're not the first humans in history to feel this way. In fact, what we've been talking about is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, his um, master class and how to live, um, to be the kind of human he's calling us to be if we're following him. Um, people in Jesus's time felt the same way. I don't know what their stats were. I don't know if it was 45 or 80%. But listen, people did not like the government they were under. They did not like the taxation system they were under. They felt like, especially in the Jewish community, a lot of the priests were corrupt. So this is not new. This feeling that there has to be something better than this, a new way to be human, is not new. Jesus speaks into this, and that's what we've been talking about these last eight weeks, is the Sermon on the Mount on how Jesus is telling us if you're going to follow him, you have to live like him, and it's a new way of being human. In fact, he tells Nicodemus, this guy Nicodemus in John 3, that you have to actually be born again first. You have to actually be born into something new, and then you start living out being new. And so today what I want to talk about, I know you guys have had a lot of different um, topics you've talked about um, and hitting on what does it mean to um, live in a new, a new way of being human. Today, Jesus, what he does in chapter 6, verses 19 to 24, is he says you have to have a new economy. I, yeah, he, Jesus says there's two types of economies, and, and if you're going to be a new human being, you got to live in to this second economy. I know, he's talking economics. Who would have thought Jesus would be talking economics? And so what I want to do today is I want to answer three questions um, that I think will help us uh, really unpack these um, five verses. I want to ask, well, it just says, what? Two economies? <laughs> What? Because that's mind-blowing, right? Um, I want to answer that. What is the two economies Jesus is talking about? And he compares and contrasts them, so we're going to do that. Uh, then I want to know, am I a part of this economy? If I'm going to live new, I got to know that I'm a part of this new economy, right? And so we need to flesh that out. Jesus lays out three markers that says, this is how you can tell if you are part of this new economy. And then lastly, what, what can I do? If I'm not in this new economy, you know, what can I do to start um, participating in this new economy? And so I want to talk about that because um, the truth is, is if I'm going to live new, I need to be part of this new economy. Most of you know that um, at some point in your life, you became an adult and you had to start participating in the economy we live in now. And it was frustrating, wasn't it? It, 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 it um, left you, uh, man, in fact, when I really started first participating in the economy we live in in America, somebody told me that I basically am a nobody as far as economics. It really set me off the deep end. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But this person told me I'm a nobody when it comes to economics. And so how do I do this? Let me pray for our time, and then we'll jump in and start answering these three questions. Father God, we, we are, we're tired. We're tired of the way humanity is doing business. We're tired. 
we're left wanting, we're left frustrated, we're left, left angry at times. We're, we're, we're also left scared of ourselves because when we see the ugliness of our humanity at times and what we will say and do at times, um, we are in need, um, Lord Jesus, of a new way. And we also know that we can't even live into this new way without you first coming to live in us. And so we just ask that you would be with us, that you would do kingdom business in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first question, and really it's kind of a statement, two economies, what? Because that's kind of mind-blowing, right? Um, that Jesus is now talking about economics. Who would have guessed Jesus would talk about economics? Um, but Jesus wants to lay this out. So let me read this text to you, and then we can break down. We can um, identify the two economies Jesus is talking about. In Matthew 6, verses 19 and 20, this is what it says. Do not store up for your treasure, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Jesus in this text is saying, if you're going to live um, if you're going to live into this new way of being human, you got to be a part of this new economy. And we got to talk about the old economy and the new economy. And, 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 and so we can have an understanding of what needs to change. And Jesus says there's two economies in this. He is talking about money, by the way, how we are really spending our money, how we view money. But he almost, he pans back and says, you do know there is a, a earthly economy. And you do know that there is a godly economy or what we maybe even say heavenly economy. That Jesus is saying that there's an earthly economy and guess what? All of us have to actually participate in the earthly economy. Uh, you know, you, you, everybody participates in the earthly economy. Maybe not a lot, but you do. But the real question Jesus is trying to get us to see is, is, is do we participate in this heavenly? If we're a new person, are we in this new economy? And Jesus then lays out some stark differences about these economies. Let, let, let me help you um, see these stark differences. Um, the earthly economy, Jesus says, is temporary. The earthly economy will only last so long. How many of you know um, you buy clothes and they only last so long? How many of you know that my house, I've been in my house 25 years and all the things that I fixed 24, 23, 22, 21 years ago need to be fixed again? or else the house falls apart. I got an, a new list that looks like the old list when I first got married. I don't know how that happened, but it did. Because things wear out, right? How many know that? That no matter what, when you buy a ticket to the Super Bowl, it's only good for that one Super Bowl, then it's done. It, that the, uh, the earthly economy is temporary. That if you make so much money on your check, you look a week and two later and it's all gone. That it's temporary. That everything in the earthly um, economy is temporary. You know, I, I was a teacher for, um, quite, for 10 years, and what used to frustrate me the most is trying to help kids to see past the temporary, to see that, um, that I know you're upset today about this and this, but if you do this, three months from now, you won't be able to do this. Or if you do this, at the end of the year, you won't be able to do this. And it was such a hard thing for them to understand to look a month, two, three ahead. To, to see past just the temporary, the now. But the earthly economy is that way. But Jesus says the, the, the God, God's economy is eternal. 
that the things that you buy or store up for yourself in God's economy is eternal. They don't wear out. They, um, they don't have a shelf life. We, me and Alicia cleaned out our pantry the other day and we had stuff from, two, you know, when it all went down, um, everybody was buying up stuff. We had some stuff in our shelves that um, the can said they're no good anymore. It has a shelf life. God's economy, there's no shelf life. There's no wearing out. There's no, um, it might not be there. It might go bad. Jesus then goes on to say that um, in the earthly economy, it's unsecure. It, it can be stolen. People can, I don't know if you've ever had somebody steal something from you. I don't know if you've ever had somebody, I, one Christmas Eve, me and Alicia went out to go in our car and our car was sitting on some cinder blocks because the rims had been taken. Merry Christmas to you too. That's exactly what I, I said it with all sorts of bitterness too. I ain't even gonna lie to you. I was mad. I was probably using words in my mind that I shouldn't be even thinking about. I had all sorts of stuff. It wasn't on, it was on security. It had, look, it had locks on the tires. It had, it had, you know, a security system. That security system didn't work. Somehow they got those um, locks off. It's unsecure that our best security won't get it done. It, it, you can't um, really have this thing locked down. Uh, Jesus says that the kingdom of God, it's absolutely secure. That it can't be stolen. That um, God is actually the one who's watching over it. And he knows all, sees all. So it will always, when you are building up your wealth in this king, kingly economy, this God's economy, it will always be secure. Here's another thing. See, the earthly economy is based on stuff, material goods, money. You guys know what I'm talking about. We all have them. And here's, let me slow down for a second because I, I think I, I need to say this to you. This is not a sermon about you should not live in the earthly economy. You shouldn't have financial plans. You shouldn't have a house. You shouldn't have a car. That's stupid. That's just straight stupid. That's not what this is about. This is about the two economies. Stuff is the is what's you know the center of, of the American economy and the world's economy is stuff. Money. Money and stuff. Material goods. America consumes over 50% of all the goods made in the whole world. And we're about 5% of the population. Our economy is based on stuff, people. Stuff. I'm, I got this phone right here that's about four years old. It's working fairly well, but guess what? I want some new stuff. I might want this new iPhone, this new stuff, right? And so our economy is based on that. Here's God's economy is based on people. Oh, people are the most important thing in God's economy. Oh, that's, that's probably going to be a problem because I got the new iPhone 13 but I did curse the person out who didn't get it to me quick enough. The person who I was doing business with, I went off on. I didn't. I'm just saying this is an example. But I did get the new iPhone. I got the stuff. But I treated the person like crap. You see, in Jesus' economy, he cared about people. When you look at Jesus' life, he stopped not for stuff. He stopped when he saw a person who was in need, a person who wanted to talk, a person who need a moment, a person who was down on their luck. Jesus stopped for people who were nothing like him, by the way. Oh, see, this is going to be a problem. 
Jesus stopped for people whose politics were totally different than his. You see, I got quiet because I know you got quiet. Jesus actually went to this woman in John 4, who was a Samaritan, who they um, they didn't get along as far as religion or politically. They hated each other. Jesus stops and cares for her. Jesus stops for this guy named Zacchaeus who was collecting taxes on his own people who was doing dirty. He stops because Zacchaeus mattered, even if what he was doing was crazy. See, see, that's a problem because in our country, if you don't have the same politics as me, you're the enemy. If you don't, if you are not in the same religion as I am, you're an enemy. If you don't live in the same state as I am, you might be an enemy. Oh boy. L- look at this last one. The focus of the economies are totally different too. In, in, in the earthly economy, it's me, myself, and I. See, in the earthly economy, what's good for me? What works for me? What makes me feel comfortable? Right? What, what, when am I going to get a raise? When am I going to get ahead? Um, what you did to me hurt me. I'm not worried about if I hurt you. It's about me. Let me tell you the ones that is, I've, I've struggled with. I'm a science teacher. I care about science. This pandemic, I've cared about, um, you know, getting out of it. But every day I put on a mask when I leave out, I, and I hate it. I hate wearing a mask. I'm just going to be honest with you. I wear it. I do wear it. But I have to fight with myself every day. Because in my mind, I have to get past myself. Because it's uncomfortable. I'm tired of it. Um, I'm doing this and and other people aren't. So why should I? You see how this all is about me? It's all about me in the earthly economy. My paycheck. Me making more money. My brand my politics, my religious beliefs, my moral stances, mine, 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 me, myself, and I. In God's economy, it's about Jesus. And if we take a deep look at Jesus, he was selfless. It's about being selfless and it's about Jesus. It's not about me. In God's economy, Jesus, it was never about him even though it's all about him, by the way. Salvation only comes to him. He would say, I do nothing in and of myself, but only what I'm really instructed to or saw the Father. The fa- it, was about, it was about a bigger purpose. Jesus leaving um, this, um, his, his amazing um, uh, place of Godship and coming down and putting on flesh wasn't about him. Jesus washing the disciples' feet, it wasn't about him even though it was all about him. You see? And so Jesus is wanting us, if we're going to be new, um, a new way of being human, we got to be part of this new economy. We got to be a a part of an economy that's eternal. We got to be part of an economy that's totally secure. I'm investing in something that's totally secure. We got to be about an economy that's not about stuff, not about money, not about me getting mine, but it's about people. We have to get over ourselves. Get over what we want, what makes us comfortable, where we stand politically, where we stand racially, where we stand. And it has to be about Jesus. 
And so um, the answer, you can already see it, is there is an eternal and godly economy, which I, I know you saw before, but I wanted to bring it up again. There is an eternal, there is a earthly and a godly economy. So let me tell you a little bit about this story um, as I start to get to this next. Um, me and Alicia, we right before we got married, we were 23, and we went to go get a mortgage for a house. And the guy, we go into the banker, we sit down, and he's looking over all our... How many of you know they ask you for everything when, they're, when you're about to get a mortgage? They want to know everything about you. And so we give him all this information, and he looks at me, and he says, um, you have no credit history? You've never had a credit card. You have no credit history at all. You don't have a diamond card. You don't have any kind of card. And so you, sir, and he doesn't say it this mean, but it was mean. He says, I'm sorry, sir. We can't put your name on this mortgage because you're a nobody. You know I was hot. <laughs> if somebody calls you a nobody because you don't have a credit history, how many know you're going to get hot? What he was saying to me is there's no history at all. Even though I had bought cars and did some stuff like that, there's no credit history. There's no real history of you participating in this economy. So that leads us to the next question. Am I a part of this new economy? Do you have a credit history in this new economy? or? Does the banker say to you, you are nobody, you have no history, you've done nothing in this new economy? Who am I? And Jesus, to answer this question, he gives us three, I'm going to, he really kind of gives us three questions that we need to answer to, to decide whether we're part of this economy. So um, Jesus gives us three measurements. And the first one can be found in um, verse 21. And it says this, for where your treasure is, there your heart also will be. What you value the most will rule your heart. What you think is of great value, if you are in the earthly economy and you think the earthly economy is the most valuable, see, you got to live in both. The question is, are you living in both? Are you just living in this earthly economy where it's all about you, or have you started living in the new, the godly economy? And Jesus is saying, look, um, um, this is, I can tell you um, part of how, and watch this. I'm going to give you another scripture because we're going to see here that Jesus is dealing with the heart again. Look at this in Matthew 22. So we jump past Matthew 6 and we jump um, um, basically 18 chapters ahead, and Jesus says this. Um, Jesus replied, they basically asked him, what's the most important, right? What's the most important commandment? What's the most important things I need to be doing in this world? And they were, again, they're always trying to trap Jesus. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first, right, of the great commandments. And then it says, and the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says that this economy runs on where your love is a love. And so he deals in, in, in chapter six, he says, where is your heart? Where is your love? What do you love most? That's really the question he's asking um, is, what do you love most? See, because where your love is, where your love is, will clear up where, you know, what, you're, what economy you're putting your most, putting most investment in. Where your heart is, what you love most, will help you determine that. 
You know, at the beginning of my marriage 25 years ago, um, I was broke. I had I had only $25 in my account. And the only reason why I had $25 in there is because that's how much you need to have to keep the account open. And Alicia was paid in full. And so we get married and I see that she's rolling in the dough. And I don't have any dough, but I did have a rolling pin. I was going to roll that dough out. I was about to use it. Okay. And here's the thing is Alicia had saved money and she had a plan for us. And how can we make sure that we're financially viable and pay down our debts early? Because we had this mortgage now that I was a nobody, but it was in her name. But, you know, I'm a nobody. You can still tell I'm a little hurt by that. But anyway, listen, it was clear. I loved Alicia, but it was clear that I didn't. I loved things more than her at that time because I started spending money on stuff and hiding it. I had to have the stuff. I knew if she saw the stuff, it would hurt her and it hurt our marriage. Mm. But I had to have the stuff. I had to have the stuff. I love the stuff. I love the material goods just a little more than I love my wife. Where's your love? Where's your love? What do you love most? Do you love yourself the most? Do you love um, your car your, the most? Your house the most? What, where's your love? Whew, that's what he says. Where your heart is, that's, what do you love? What takes precedent when it comes to love? For me, at the beginning of my marriage, it was stuff. You couldn't have told me that then. I would have wanted to fight you if you'd have told me that, by the way. But 25 years later, I have to have an honest conversation with myself. There was a time in my marriage where there was stuff that was more important than my wife. Um, the game, sports, golf, going shopping. What's, where's your love? Then Jesus goes on to say a second thing. He says, that's the first measurement. You tell me if you're operating in this new economy where your love is. And then Jesus goes on. And he um, gives us a second thing to think about measurement. Um, it, it says this, um, verses 22 and um, 23 says this, the eye, now it's crazy because he goes from um, what you value to your heart. And that doesn't, that's not a big jump for me because I know whatever I value the most, I will mostly love. But then he jumps to the eye. Check this out. This is kind of weird, but I'm going to explain some of it. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is dark, how great is your darkness? I could break this down and we could talk about, I just want to, I want to simplify just for today. I don't want to go into this deep about the light and the dark. I want Jesus starts talking about our focus, our eyes. Jesus starts asking, what do you focus on? What gets the most of your attention? What, when, when you're um, driving to work, what do you think about most? When you're sitting alone, what do you think about most? Where is most of your attention going to? Because see, whatever I think is most valuable, I'm going to love. And whatever I love, I'm going to think about, I'm going to focus on more than anything else. You see, even though after I got married to Alicia, um, uh, and I can say this 25 years in, that maybe stuff at times were more important than my wife. That's a really sad thing to say, but hey, what was I doing? Spending money. 
before I got married to Alicia. Y'all, I know none of you. I know none of you treat your spouse different before you got married than after. I know none of you pursued them like you would die if you couldn't just talk to them before the night went out. I know, I know none of you. I know none of you when you were dating, um, sat at work, didn't get nothing done, knowing you didn't get nothing done because you all you did was think about that person. I, I know, I know it's only me. I know none of you wasted time texting back and forth, checking out their Facebook page during work because you know we're godly. We were doing work. I know none of you texted them, I mean, emailed them on the regular because you see, they consumed your focus. I know none of you um, um, walked, um, were walking past a, a store and saw an outfit that like, you know what, if I had that on, she'd really think I'm the bomb. I know none of you, um, none of you, your spouse, when you were dating them said, you know, I really like this perfume or cologne and you went way out of your way to get it just because you had to smell. So I know none of you did that. But I did because um, I was in love with Alicia and she became um, my focus, actually way more than God at the time, which at times was problematic. You see, my eyes, my focus, my intention made it very clear what I loved and then because of that, what I valued. Hmm. Jesus says, what is your focus on? Is your focus on stuff? Is your focus on the thing you don't have? Is your focus on your situation? Is your focus, or is your focus on me? Is your focus on the word? Whew. Whew. Let me say this to you. You can always tell what somebody values, what they love and what their focus is by how, what they spend their time, what we would call yeah, our time, our talent, our energy and our talent and our treasure, our money. See, Jesus is talking about money here, but it's bigger than that. He wants you to start living into a new economy. What do you spend most of your time on? What do you focus mostly on? What do you spend most of your money on? Is it you? What do you um, spend your talent on? See, Jesus is wanting you to start thinking about um, how are you investing your time, talent, and um, um, treasure, money, how are you, is it, are you investing in the, in the godly economy or are you investing it in just you and yours? There's a third thing Jesus says. Jesus in um, verse 24, chapter six, verse 24 says this, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot be a servant. You cannot be mastered by both. Let me, let me say that to you again, because then you're like, well, I, I got to live in both. Yeah, you do. But which one's your master? Which one do you serve? You know, I always find it funny um, when uh, uh, all these shows about relationships, right? The Bachelor. When I remember the first season it came on and I, I don't watch it anymore. I just am done with it. But the first two or three seasons I watched, you know, it always would always happen, whether it was The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, is at some point the guy or the girl who was The Bachelor Bachelorette would say, I think I love three people. I don't know what your definition of love is. You see, <laughs> Jesus is saying you can't love both. You can't be mastered by both. You can't serve both. That's a crazy thinking. 
You cannot, you cannot be ruled by both economies. Which one rules you? Which one do you serve? Jesus is asking these questions to us so that we will ask ourselves whether we are a part of this new economy. If I'm going to live a new way to be human, I have to be part of this new economy. Am I? Hmm. This leads me to my final question. Because some of you now have been, uh, uh, you're realizing that you live in both, but you might live in this worldly economy more, that it's still your master, that it's still the main one, that when you make money decisions, you don't really care if the church is in need. When you make money decisions, you don't care if there's somebody who might be more needy than you. You still are mastered by the one, even though you're trying to live into both. Some of you know that you're not even living in both. You're just, I'm all in for me, my, myself. For all of us, how do we become more a part of the godly kingdom? Let me just give you two things that we can do in order to start really um, living like uh, a new way of living like a human, living into this newness by living into this new economy. The first thing is simply this. I want you to read through the gospel. What? Read through all the gospels? Yeah, I know. I know it's so hard. You know, if you gave 10 minutes a day to read, I know. I know it's, I'm asking too much, but listen to me. I want you to read through the Gospels, not just to read through the Gospels, to focus on Jesus. See, part of what Jesus is saying to us is if we're going to live new, we need to follow him. It's really what he's saying. This is how I do business, and you need to do business like me. How can I follow somebody that I don't keep my eyes on? Have you ever thought about that? If somebody turns, you're supposed to be following, they get on the freeway and you can't see them anymore, guess what? You're lost. I need to be reading through the Gospels so I can keep my eyes on Jesus, how he acted, what was important to him, how he responded, how he stopped, what, what was most valuable to him, what were his teachings that I should be living into. Keep your eyes on Jesus, read through the gospel. And then secondly, this, I want you to start thinking how you can convert your earthly treasure into kingdom treasure. You know, right now we got this cryptocurrency and I'm scared to even dive into it. And I've seen a few people dive into it and make quite a few money. But what they're doing is they're converting cash into crypto. And I'm not suggesting you do that, by the way. What I'm saying though, there has to be a converting of my earthly treasures into kingly. I need to in my, um, there's people who are more needy than I am. What am I doing with my money for people who are more needy than me? Am I going to invest it in helping meet their needs because now I'm investing in the kingdom of God? How am I using my money to help others? When, they, when their car breaks down or, or they're you know, in need of food, how am I turning my um, earthly treasures into kingly treasures? Here's another one. How am I investing in church? Oh, you know, it's interesting to me how we'll invest in all sorts of stuff. But when it's time to tithe, we get real allergic, don't we? We, get, we have an allergic reaction. Before I got saved, you do know I was tithing in clubs. Or well, maybe you never went to a club or you didn't tithe. You didn't tithe to alcohol. Ooh, you didn't tithe at the mall, at the store, just paying all this money out for some stuff. I was tithing in the club. Giving just, just money. Had no problem with it. But after I got saved, I had a really hard time for about 10 years giving anything to the church. 
investing. You guys know that you guys are looking forward to having a new pastor, to possibly at some point being in a new building. How are you tithing to help that happen? How are you tithing into the place you're with? How are you tithing into ministries who are helping people? How are you tithing into associations that are um, giving to the needy? Convert your earthly treasures into godly kingdom treasures. Listen, I'm closing right now, and I want to say this to you, that we're waiting for there to be better politicians, better education, um, um, for people, for our more morality, the moral system to somehow fix itself. We're waiting for all that, and God's waiting for us. Jesus says we fix it. It's not about politics and politicians. It's not about um, uh, uh, the educational system. It's not about any. It's about you and me living in a new way that then impacts this world. And as we impact this world, it changes. We got to start living out a new way of being human. And we can start it today by investing, living into this new economy. Let me pray. As I pray, I want to give you an opportunity to, uh, for the first time in your life, be part of this godly economy. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, I want to give you an opportunity. Look, if you walked away, a lot of us took at least a step back spiritually in this pandemic. Some of us walked away. If you walked away and you're like, I got to get back, I got to start participating in this godly kingdom, just pray this with me. Simply pray this with me. Jesus, I'm I need you. I'm asking you to be uh, the, the one person who um, determines my heart, who sits on the throne of my heart. Lord, I'm asking you into my life. I'm asking you to be my master in some ways. And then for the rest of us, Lord, help us, help us to, to get some new eyes and a new heart so that we can be sensitive to this new economy and live in this new economy more than we live in this old economy. And when we have all this stuff from the old economy that we're willing to use it to build out, to invest in this new economy so that this world can change, so this world can come to know you. In Jesus' name, amen.